back to another episode of She's Busy AF. I'm your host, Lauren Loretto, clearly out of breath a little bit today. <laughs> also, uh, my mic is doing some weird stuff. So first and foremost, want to apologize to my podcast editor. Hopefully she's able to edit it out. And two, I'm having to like hold my cord in a really weird way. And it's giving iPhone charger has to be folded in half to work. It's great. Super great. So maybe time to upgrade the podcast equipment. I don't know. I have a Blue Yeti mic for any of you who podcast out there. My mom got it for me as a gift way before I even knew I was going to do a podcast because I think I mentioned wanting to do a podcast and she's just great with gifting like that. And so she got it for me. And then I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. So that's my story about starting a podcast. No, guys, I'm trying not to be boring. It's fine. This is actually going to be a very fun episode. It's not going to be boring at all. Episode we can call it that too. It's been a long week at the time of recording this. It's been a really long week and I am gearing up to head out of town for my wedding. By the time you listen to this, I think I'll be like, or by the time this episode drops, I'll be three days out from the wedding. So that's cool. That's crazy. I can't even, oh my gosh, it's coming. It's right around the corner. So yeah, as you can imagine, I'm trying to do so much before we get out of town, which uh, includes just in business and also prepping for the wedding. And I know probably 10, 15 episodes ago, I was like, wedding planning is the most stressful thing in the world. Why am I doing this? I hate it. I hate every minute of it. Why do people do this? And now I'm like, this is the least stressful thing on my plate right now. And I think that's what's making me like it is that it's like my escape from work, but still like my type A self is fulfilled by something. So anyways, not the life update you asked for. But today kind of has to do with what we're going to be talking about today, which is brand evolution and, you know, why brands evolve, how brands evolve, and the behind the scenes of like what's happening at Brand Good Time and with our brand evolution. And I know I recorded an episode on this kind of. Episode 67, I talked about like what does it mean to evolve and how to know you're ready to evolve. So if this episode interests you at all, I would definitely, if you haven't listened to 67, I would go back and listen. So yeah, let's dive in. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about brand evolution, what it means. Well, we already talked about what it means in 67. So I'm going to just talk about like brand evolution in general. Here's me over explaining again. (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing. Brands have to evolve at some point. And I know you're probably thinking, no, I don't. I can do the same thing forever. It's rinse and repeat. Okay, here's an example. An AC repairman over time has to learn to work with a new thermostat system. This example came up because (laughs) we've been having AC and internet issues at our house. Like literally the two things you need the most, uh, especially in Florida, you definitely need AC. Where I live is a total dead zone. And what comes to mind is this time when I went to go live on Instagram like mid-pandemic and my internet went out here at the house. And when my internet goes out, it is a dead zone. Like I can't tether to my phone because my phone doesn't have signal. And so it's like, actually, I remember walking outside and standing in my front yard and thinking like, this is it. This is the end of the world because I couldn't like get on internet. And I just had no idea what was going on. didn't realize like how much of a dead zone I was in. So anyways, (laughs) back to the story of this AC repairman. We were having some AC issues and my AJ, my AJ, we're technically already married. So I call him my husband. We're having our church wedding next weekend, whatever. It's fine. So he was out of town for work and he had just what I thought, like, or what he'd said, 
we'd had the AC like serviced, fixed. It was brand new. We had definitely a few people come out and look at it because there was a couple issues with the new one. And before he left, he had like sworn up and down it was good. And when he left, this is not me berating him, by the way. Like I, me and my kid were fine. Um, we just basically didn't wear clothes all day because the AC went out at like one o'clock. So I was like, all right, we're stripping you down to your diaper and sitting under a fan. And so I called this AC guy and he was like, I'm 60 years old and I can't believe you youngins with these Nest thermostats. That's the problem. You know what? I set my I set my thermostat for what I want and then I leave the house. And when I come home, I change it myself. Why you got to do it from all these devices? And I was like, whoa, I was not expecting a lecture. Uh, we have a Nest because I'm forgetful. So I really need something to automate the AC process for me <laughs> because I'm all about automation in life, in business and in life. So anyways, he swore up and down that it was a thermostat issue, not like the AC, anything to do with the AC issue. And so I told AJ, I'm like, okay, I'm going to order a Google Nest so that when you get home, you can reinstall the new one. Well, he gets home and it turns out that the there was like some wires that weren't working or weren't touching. And so that's why the fan wasn't turning on outside. Okay, whatever. So what I'm getting at here is that an AC repairman, over time, he has to learn with to work with new thermostat systems. He just like, that's how he knew that there was an issue if he didn't learn or didn't know how like these new high-tech systems work, he wouldn't have been able to tell me the issue. Now, I guess this is a bad example because the issue wasn't that, but he swore, he's like, if everything is as it should be, then it is the thermostat. So the same thing happens in, let's say, a marketing business. It has to evolve with consumer behavior and trends as new platforms hit the market. I think this is where the great segmentation of marketing happened. There's people who focus on traditional marketing and media buying. And then we have our digital marketing. This is where digital marketing happened. And I actually remember in college, I took a digital marketing class and it was the first time. I'm not that old, okay? But like this was like 2012, 2013. I remember walking into class. It was like a digital marketing class. And I I wish I still had the textbook. And I wonder if I do. I'm like staring at my bookshelf. Maybe it's over there. But the professor was like, well, uh, this is the first time I'm teaching this. Not really sure how I'm going to grade it. Not really sure how this curriculum's going to work. And I know this is going to change every year. So here's what's going on with digital marketing today. And that's kind of my point is businesses had to evolve and say, OK, we're going to learn digital marketing or people came into digital marketing and digital marketing businesses. And so you can either evolve or, I mean, in another sense, anyone who was doing like media planning, media buying, traditional marketing twofold like you have to now selling your product becomes a little more difficult because everyone's so bought into digital so you really have to prove that this still works and then in turn how can it work with digital marketing like how can you pair the two together so another example of this today is like a ramble episode I hope you guys are here for (laughs) but another example of this is there are marketing businesses who will read like traffic patterns and how heavy traffic is based on Google Maps, right? And then tell you, hey, your demographic is driving from here to here five times a day, whatever, because they're geotagging like stores and seeing where they go from point A to point B. And so point A to point B, there's a billboard in between the two. We think you should buy that billboard. 
don't know if you guys know that these things exist, but like you can geotag locations as a business so you know when your consumer's phone like goes into that store. And that is why we turn location tracking off. But if you've ever wondered why you've seen a billboard and you're like, uh, hmm, that's weird. Like I relate to that. Well, that's why they're geotagging. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about when I talk about evolution. It's a good thing to evolve. It's not a good thing to be squirrely about it. And if I've learned anything in the last six years, it's, you know, the last six years of entrepreneurship, it's that one, you have to plan. So as much as it's cool to be willy nilly and squirrely, which is why I said squirrely and go with the flow, really not having a written plan or a course of action for your business. So I'm talking sales, marketing, operations, everything that is detrimental to the progress of a brand. I know that's a super loaded statement. But if your operations aren't in order and your processes aren't in order, you're going to have a hard time with managing a team or doing your marketing. You're going to have a hard time with your sales. Everything really has to be addressed and fine-tuned. And this is why people bring on things like client strategists and operations. But a lot of us wear a lot of hats. So really, this is where planning comes into play. This is why we do quarterly planning as a business we do quarterly planning for our marketing strategy for our business, really everything. And then we do a big yearly planning meeting. And this keeps me too, by the way, because I am that person who goes and creates a spreadsheet when I'm stressed out. This keeps me from doing that so often because I can always refer back to my plan. And also I have to say, like, for those of you who do yearly planning, that's great. But like, if you did your yearly planning last year, I dare you to go back and look right now. And see, have you gone back and looked? Have you measured up? I went back and looked and like I had planned on running a course this whole year. <laughs> I am like so far from that. It's not even funny. So that's why I love 90 day planning and then like big picture visioning, which is like one, three and five year because those are kind of like the laughable moments of like, haha, I was going to run a course. But actually in Q2, I looked at Q1's goals and then realized the trajectory of the business was not complementing running a course. So I changed direction. So that's why. Having a plan and doing it in a quarterly way is, I think, really important. And if you listen to the last episode, I talked about how to build out your 90-day marketing strategy. So if you haven't listened, I would listen to that one too because that really is what I'm talking about here. So that's number one. You have to plan. That's what I've learned. Number two is you have to stay educated. When it comes to evolution, you have to stay educated. So having a growth mindset is key. Let me get into this growth mindset topic. I unfortunately am one of those people who think I know everything. <laughs> and so I have to actively stretch my growth mindset. As soon as I become a master of something, I'm like, I'm a master. What do you mean there's more to know? I'm creative. I have like years of experience under my belt. I can come up with ideas on the fly and I know how to execute them. What more is there to know? I went through this program here in Fort Lauderdale called Leadership Fort Lauderdale. I think I've talked about this in other episodes before, but there are other cities in the world that do this as well. And so if you are interested, look in your locale and look up for like leadership plus your city name. And in this program, there was a lot of education. Every single month, there was a big topic. It was a full day. And one of the entire days was focused on having a growth mindset. I'm going to totally butcher this, but I think it's like do be have. Pause. I'm going to Google this. Do be have. Do be. Be do have. A formula of achieving success in anything one desires. See, I always butcher things. Simply explains, it means to achieve success in anything. My life and the choices I make going forward must follow this formula. 
in this exact order. So there are people who do like have, do, be or something like that. But the concept is when you are something, you do something to have something. That is the formula. So here's what it says. Be means to be the person who embodies everything that is manifestation of your desire. Doing, it says, I'm happy doing it all without expectations of any specific rewards, which is amazing. So it is always from being followed by doing that you will obtain your most successful results. Only then will I create the possibility to have my desire manifested effortlessly with joy. Okay, I'm not a huge, huge fan of manifestation. I don't think that like you can manifest your entire way to success. And actually, there's a podcast episode titled that with Lorianne. So you should go listen. <laughs> I don't know the number off the top of my head. But B do have. B do have. Just making sure I got that right. And... um. I learned a lot in here and I learned that like the beads you have really ties in with having that growth mindset. So if you have this mindset that you know everything, you will hinder yourselves and also you'll look like you have this massively inflated ego. So education has always been an important pillar of mine, but I think I kind of lost sight of that around the pandemic. And I think that's when I started to get a little arrogant of like, I know everything. What more do I need to know? I'm not going to read business books. In fact, I think I did a whole episode on that. (laughs) I talked about it in one of the episodes like this season. Oops. Of like, I don't read business books. Okay, I take it back. I don't like reading them. It takes me six times as long to get through them than like a thriller. But I will read like educational articles. I'll skim them. I will go to certain webinars as it makes sense. Podcasting, like I started this podcast as not being a podcast listener at all whatsoever. But I knew my audience was. So I was like, okay, fine. I listen to podcasts now. It's actually where I get the most information, mainly because I have a kid. And not that that's like the only people who listen to podcasts, but I take a lot of walks with her. And I didn't take a lot of walks prior to having kids. I was like, in the gym all the time. So that is my time to like really digest. It's about an hour a day that I listen to a podcast and I do all of my learning there. And it's actually been incredible for my growth mindset or for trying to have a growth mindset to be educated in that way. So right now it's podcasting. I'm really excited in 2023 to hopefully get back out to more conferences. I really want to go to Inbound 2023. At the time of recording this, Inbound 2022 is going on and I have serious FOMO because one of my best friends is there. Sadness. But anyways, I have every intention of getting out and doing more, but also like elevating my growth mindset into being more of a speaker. So yeah, like, you know, I love speaking. I love being on the podcast and I want to help educate more. So it's, it is definitely twofold. I want to always be learning. ABL, it's actually in all of our job descriptions. ABL is important to us. Always be learning. Um, and then I want to like teach back. So this is probably a good time to segue into what we're doing at Brand Good Time. Not that this is at the tippy top, but we've had two opportunities recently to mentor. So I've taken on two mentorship clients and what's really funny is I started Brand Good Time as a business for mentorship and it felt selfish. Like a few months into it, I was like, why would I charge to mentor people? And I felt like it was just a lot harder to build a business on that when what I was really good at doing was not as much mentoring as I was like getting deep into the thick of strategy and helping people create strategies and implement them. So I moved away from that. But more recently, I've been being approached for it. And I was like, okay, these people want to know how to build an agency and a proper business. And like, I have a lot of experience with this. I'm back in the thick of it again. So 
it's just made sense. And it's especially as we scale our business and I pull back from being so, so, so involved with clients day to day. I'm like, okay, yeah, this actually sounds nice. So we're mentored. We do a mentorship now. So anyways, here are some of the things we're doing at Branga Time aside from mentorship and how our business is evolving. So like I mentioned, we do 90-day planning and we are currently in the thick of 2023 planning already. I know you're like, Lauren, it's not even Q4. I've been thinking it was going to be December next month since June. Just if you want to know, like, and I, I feel like I've always operated this way where like I started dating AJ and then I was already pinning stuff to Pinterest for our wedding and thinking about moving in with him. And it took five years for us to move in together. <laughs> you know, like it's just, that's just how it goes. I'm very type A and I plan things way in advance. Oh, are we going on a family trip next year? Okay. Um, I will have the presentation to you next week with all of the places we can go, the pros and cons of each, which one's more family-friendly, dog-friendly, and the estimated cost of flights to get there. That This is just who I am. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Just who I am. We are also planning our one, three, and five-year goals, which are kind of fun. If you want to hear them, let me pull them up. Here we go. Live recording, you know. Okay, so our three-year plan is to be a fully operational agency with three to five, I don't even know how many employees, but like we're going back to the employee route. Purchasing a commercial space is a hybrid model. So our thoughts here are having this commercial space and either renting it out or like subleasing it out to someone else and kind of having that cover like the mortgage, if you will, or or if cash is a plenty, having an agency in the back and a coffee shop or a boutique in the front. A girl can dream, right? But that's the plan. So obviously dollar signs. <laughs> Five-year goal is potentially satellite offices on each coast and just having like I would love to be in each time zone in the United States. So we've got our Florida office, maybe like a Dallas office, Dallas office, Dallas office. And some, I don't know if I'm going to go as far as California or Oregon or Washington or whatever, but maybe something like in Arizona. Um, I selfishly want to put satellite offices in places where I can go hike and visit. So there you go. <laughs> and then my 10-year plan is probably to sell the business. And it may happen even sooner than that. And I know like some of you might be thinking, wait, sell the business? What? Okay. For many years, I never, ever, ever thought I would ever sell my first business. And I, I did. We can talk about that another time. But I still to this day or well, up until recently, I was like, why would I ever sell a business? It's something you build. It's something you're proud of. But Selling a business is a huge thing and if it, it's a huge thing, but it's a really cool thing and it can be done in a really cool way. If you are a service-based business or I guess even a product-based business and you haven't read the book Built to Sell, I definitely recommend it. Again, I feel like I talked about this in another episode, but it's written in this like story format, not like a do this, do that format. And so it's actually a very entertaining read. It's like maybe 100 pages and you'll rip through it. But this gave me a different perspective on like building the business and where I should be one day. It's written in the perspective of an agency owner. So if you're an agency owner listening to this, definitely uh, check. I mean, anyone, anyone listening to this, go check it out. You'll learn a lot. So yeah, those are our three, five, 10 year goals. Our one year goals are really flushing out what a team looks like. So we've finalized our organizational structure, I think. I'll probably go through one more rendition. And we currently have job positions out right now for a strategist, business development specialist, a COO, 
copywriters. So if you identify as any of those or know someone, please send them to our website. You can access it from the about page, you are team, or it's brandgoodtime.com forward slash join dash r dash team. Or you can go to our Instagram, brandgoodtime, and just go to our hiring highlight. Not me promoting our hiring, but like seriously, word of mouth is everything, okay? I'm not trying to post to Indeed and get a million freaking resumes. But yeah, so we're staffing according to our organizational structure. And by the end of next year, I'd love to be transitioning key players to employees and like full-time employees with benefits. Like that is my goal for next year for the brand. So really exciting stuff, you know, love everything here. Otherwise, we are simplifying our services right now. They're already really simplified. We went through this whole process like in February or March. I can't remember. And so just really excited to hone in on those. And we're creating a lot of internal processes. We have some SOPs, but we stayed away from doing them for so long. So finally bit the bullet. I got Loom. I paid for Loom because I keep running out of dang videos. So here we are, $10 a month, another software subscription. Sorry to my bookkeeper. I'm just going to be like, Lauren, come on. You're spending 600 a month in software. <laughs> Not even kidding. It's crazy. And then we're going to be creating high-value case studies. It's been really fun gathering data from over the years. Yes, I said years. Some of our clients have been with us for over three years at this point. And so gathering the data of the campaigns and everything we've done over the last few years has just been like, whoa, we did that. <laughs> and it's been super, super cool. So we're working on some more case studies. I think we actually put some up on our site if you want to go check them out under I think it's on our work with us page under FAQ uh, I think I threw some in there so yeah really just a lot of hiring a lot of planning some organizational structure changes it's really exciting and I think brand evolution should be fun I know it can be really scary and intimidating at first but like it's so exciting it's exciting to be in a place where you can evolve and just know when you get to those places of like oh boy I think we're evolving know that it can be stressful, scary, exciting, like all the things at the same time. So just embrace that and know that uh, you got this. And if you don't got this, well, I'm here to help. No, <laughs> but really. So anyways, thank you for tuning in to another episode of She's Busy AF. I know this was a long one. So thank you for sticking through to the end and just hearing, you know, my rambles and all the stories that we like to tell. Anyways, <laughs> I will see you guys on the next episode. I'm very excited for the next one. We are bringing back Obsessions Anonymous V2. I think I've decided to do this on like a quarterly basis now because my obsessions change. Shouldn't they all? Shouldn't everyone's obsessions change like just a little bit? So really excited for that one. But anyways, we'll see you on the next episode of She's Busy AF. <laughs> <laughs>